she's about to run a marathon. She's going to graduate from a walker to a cane this week, I believe. And she's just going to keep on going. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donnie. Donnie, y'all may not know, but Donnie came and, and labored with us for several hours um, putting in the wiring for our new sign. And we are so thankful for you, brother. You uh, are a blessing to us, and we love you and appreciate you. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Good to have Jeff with us hanging out, man. Glad you're here. You know, be careful of the company you keep, brother. Just kidding. Nick's making sure everybody behaves on that role. <laughs> Isn't it great to see all these young... If you are 22 and under, would you stand right now? I, look, you know that's why I'm standing, right? Let <laughs> this great group, come on, just give these young people a hand. Amen. <laughs> you might be seated, guys. Praise the Lord. What a great group of young people, and we are blessed, truly blessed. Are you blessed? Yes. Well, that was some of you. Are you blessed? Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, we have a form. If you are uh, a part of the church or would like to be a part of the church, um, we have a directory that some of you may or may not know about, but we want you in it because it's an, it's an app that you can put on your phone. And when you look at somebody and say, well, who is that? You can actually go on this directory and you can check and you can scroll through and say, hey, that's who that is. And you can actually uh, get to know people that way too learn people's names and see their mugshot and just to make sure it matches the one in the, uh, never mind. <laughs> but anyway, we would love, if you are not in the directory or you have not gained access to the directory that way, it's an it's a online directory, we would love you to be a part of that. And um, anyway, if you will see Miss Kathy, she will give you one of these sheets to fill out and it will be a great blessing to have your phone number so that when my basement floods again, I can call you. No, I'm just kidding. How many's basement flooded? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, I was singing that, let it rain, let it rain, falling down on me. Then I got to the former and the latter rain, and I thought I, I, thought I was about to get into Noah's Ark. The arky arky, you know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. It's dry today, and hopefully we'll stay dry through the rain this week. Annette, don't shake your head no. In Jesus' name, I rebuke that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! God is good, isn't he? Sherry, can, can you come and tell me of, your, of the miracle of your mother right now? Do you mind? All right. There, there's a miracle that took place this week, and I, I want you to hear about that miracle. Um, because somebody asked me, somebody asked me this past week, they said, Pastor, we saw you um, take a cloth and anoint that cloth. And, you know, in my understanding, you're supposed to smack it on her head. And we weren't sure why you put it on a cloth. Well, let me tell you why. Sorry. Okay, oh, no Lord snorkeling. <laughs> Don't re oh, they're recorded. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm recorded snorkeling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so about a month ago, my mother began having trouble with her right breast. And I'm talking, it was bleeding. Uh, there was a large, hard knot that had formed. To look at it on the outside, it looked like someone had beat her. It looked like bruising, discoloration. And I mean, to the natural eye, it was ugly. So she went two weeks ago to the breast center and um, they were very careful in their wording, but they were dancing all around, we think it's cancer. And they said, or it could be an infection. Uh, and they just weren't sure. So last Sunday morning, I was getting ready for church and the Lord spoke to me and he said, um, make a prayer cloth. And that was something I was familiar with from my childhood, but you don't really hear about that. It's not really, it's, it's not that it's not in the Word, it's in the Word, but is it being taught is, is the key. So I wanted to read Acts 19, uh, the 11th and 12th verse, where it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even the handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought from his body to the sick, meaning Paul, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Paul would be preaching, and he would be under the anointing, and he would rip stuff off, clothing off of him, off his apron, off of his clothing. He would rip a piece of it, and he would give it or have it sent to someone. And I grew up that you could put prayer cloths anywhere. My mother would put them in our pillowcases when we were running from the Lord and hide them and we wouldn't know it. I have one that I have kept in my wallet as I've changed wallets for over 20 years for safe driving, but I hadn't thought of it in a long time. So the Lord said, make a prayer cloth. So Sister Bonnie, who's been one of my mother's dearest friends for over 40 years, um, I went and got her, and I got past her last Sunday, and all I did was cut a piece of a washcloth like this, and he anointed it, and, um, and it's a beautiful thing because it is a tangible thing for me to connect my faith with. And you can, and, and I mean, I'm telling you, years ago when I was asking God for a healing, I actually drank anointed oil. I don't suggest that <laughs> because <laughs> I was so desperate for healing in my ignorance and my zeal. For a long time, I couldn't stand the smell of anointing. <laughs> Lord Jesus. But anyways, but God is still the healer. Whether you don't get healed here if you're a child of God and you make it to heaven, he's still the healer. And he can do it any way he wants to do in his time frame, the way he wants to do it, because he knows what it's going to accomplish. And he sees beyond the now. He sees beyond the natural. And if you've lost a loved one to cancer or you're praying for someone who has cancer or any other disease, Please know that God is in control. And there was many, 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 I'm talking 30 plus years, my mother prayed for my brother and I for salvation and, and for God and would believe these, okay? Did it work instantly? No, but we did not end up in hell. We're still in our sometimes right mind, if you know me and my brother, and God was faithful. So 
we prayed over this, and the three of us, and that scripture came to me, a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so I was standing on that when the three of us prayed, and we were praying in the Holy Ghost, and I felt the anointing. I felt the confirmation of the Holy Ghost. So I go there after church, and I say, Mom, I've got a prayer cloth. God told me to do it, and I mean, she just took it, blop. I mean, stuck it right in her bra and just grinned at me so big. And so um, she went Thursday, this past Thursday, for the biopsy. And she goes in. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Here comes the big guy. I mean, they sent in the, 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 the big guy, you know. Um, so here's the thing. I'm so excited, I can't stand it. I'm so excited, I can't stand it. I have begged God for years to witness an actual miracle, a healing miracle. I mean, a real manifested healing miracle for me that I would be a part of. And so I get a phone call. They could not find the mass to biopsy. <laughs> And I mean, I was like, where did it go? <laughs> I'm going to tell you where it went. It went wherever the Holy Ghost said to dispense, disperse, go. And the blood of Jesus that we were just singing about, I believe, saturated my mother's body and began to move and heal and do what the Holy Ghost Woo! and the power of God <laughs> yes. is still doing. In this day and age, we are still supposed to be an axe living church. That means all the works that he did, he still does and he is still going to do. But we got to let him and we got to believe it and we got to want it. And he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out what we cannot contain. Amen. Because he is still Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who is and was and who is to come. Woo. And he is still in all authority and power. And he is God. Amen. Woo. I better pull this away from you, girl. I saw Miss Helen coming out right there. Did y'all see Miss Helen coming out? If you want a, if you want one, whether you have someone in your family that needs healing, whether you have a son or daughter that uh, that you're praying for to be saved, uh, or someone delivered, if you want one of these, we will after service pray with you um, with one of these to take home and put it under the pillow, put it wherever. And just believe God's going to work. Thank and you so much. No of Amen. And that's the best part. He and loves everybody. Yes, he will. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but there's a preaching spirit up here. <laughs> God is good. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah 46. Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to see you here. Amen. Isaiah 46, starting with verse 3, says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob. 
and all the remnant of the house of Israel, you who have been born by me from birth and have been carried from the womb, even to your old age, I will be the same. Come on, somebody. Even to your graying years or your balding years in my case, I will bear with you or I will carry you. I have done it. I will carry you and I will bear you and I will deliver you. It's powerful words. Goes on in verse 5 and says, to, who, to whom would you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we would be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh silver on the scale hire a goldsmith and make it into a god. They bow down. Indeed, they worship it. They lift it up upon the shoulders and carry it. They sit, uh, they sit it in the, its place and, sta and it stands there and does not move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from his distress. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Verse 9. Remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. I'm going to say that again. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Father, I pray that you'll add your blessings to the reading of your word, that you will give us wisdom today to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, recognizing that your purpose will be fulfilled. Your plan will be enacted you will do your will, Father, for you, you have declared the end from the beginning. And Lord, may we not forget that declaration, and nor may we not become encumbered by so much of the world that we lose sight of that declaration that you made over us, over this church. In Jesus' name, may we see it fulfilled according to your plan. Amen? Amen. You know... Um, my wife and I had the pleasure of coaching soccer, and we've had the pleasure of coaching these young gentlemen right here. And you know, in in, in planning soccer, you know, Kim and I, you know, we would put together strategy more her than I. I was she was the coach, I was the assistant because she's so quiet. She would put together the plan, and she'd have me yell it out. <laughs> Y'all don't believe any of that, do you? It is what it is. But, you know, we would, we would look at the other team and we would, uh, you know, talk to other coaches about, you know, the teams that were playing and how they compared to them and uh, who, was the, who was the one that had the biggest foot, you know, uh, what, was their, what was their strategy, what was their formations. We, we, we wanted to know all of that because we, we wanted to win. We like, you know, we like to be competitive. And this last year we actually had the smallest team in the whole county. When I say smallest, we had the youngest and smallest team. Now, we competed uh, with TSS, TSS, AA, but the middle school version, TM, AA. And so, uh, you know, you had all these middle schools that had their teams, and we were at uh, a little small private Catholic school with 90 students in the whole school from kindergarten to eighth grade. And so because we were not, you know, regulated by TMSAA, 
we actually had fourth graders and fifth graders on our team. And, and so we would go up and we're like, you know, we've got to make sure we've got a good plan because these guys are like monsters compared to our kids, you know. And so in, in doing that, we actually this, this past year won the county trophy. We beat every school in the county, won the county uh, trophy. It was amazing. But, you know, the fact is, is that at the beginning of every game, you could not, I mean, you would not think. You would walk out there and you wouldn't think, Lord have mercy, we're fixing to get killed. I mean, Eli's probably grown a foot since we've been here. Stand up. I mean, this guy's, this guy's taller than me these days. But all the other team were like this tall and, you know, they were big old kids. And then the rest of them were like these, you know, all of our kids were about this tall. No, I ain't pointing him out. Come here, buddy. <laughs> He's actually probably grown about a foot since we've been here, too. <laughs> it won't be long he'll be ab above me. But all the other kids, I mean, he was one of the biggest kids on the team. And so we go up against all these massive guys, and, and the fact is, is we couldn't depict the end from the beginning. All we could do is help the kids with motivation, say, it's not about the size, it's about the talent. It's not about, you know, uh, these big old boys being able to kick it very far. It's about being able to get yourself in position to be able to defend and keep staying goal side and keep them from having that perfect shot. And, and you know what? It was amazing. Kim is the best coach I know. And I'm the loudest voice she has. Nobody knows the end from the beginning. We don't know, you know. We don't know who's going to win between our favorite team and the next team. We don't know. It's kind of like a Hallmark movie. Oh, that's a bad example. Everybody knows how a Hallmark movie's going to end, you know? A brief meeting at the beginning, a few obstacles along the way, uh, an ultimate demise, and the last two minutes it all comes together and it's happily ever after. Lord, help us. Every Christmas after to submit my man card and watch all of the Christmas hallmarks. And you know how they're going to end. There's no, like, you know, it's going to happen. Mm, help us. <laughs> you know, when raising our children, we don't know the end result of what that's going to look like. We, we know that when that beautiful baby's born and we hold it and we're thinking, oh God, how am I supposed to take care of this child? And we think out, you know, 18 years from now, what do we want them to know? What do we want them to learn? What do we want, what tools do we want in their tool belt of life that they will have to be able to face the challenges of the world that they're about to enter into? And so we spend time developing character. We, we make them work long hours. No, I'm just kidding. But we, we want them to learn responsibility, right? We want them to learn how to manage finances. We want them to learn the value of life. We want them to uh, have good character. We want to instill in them faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of glory. Amen. We want them to, to be able to be prepared for life. We do this, whether it be our business, 
whether it be our school, whether it be our church, we always try to think of the end game. What is the end game? How is this supposed to look at the end? And so therefore, uh, you know, if, if, if it's supposed to look this way at the end, then, you know, what do I need to do in the process? Amen? I mean, when you think about it, you look at, you look at Moses declared when Israel was leaving Egypt, he declared that, that, every, that the Lord said, every place you put your feet will be yours, declares the Lord. It's going to be yours. He declared to them that they would be victorious. But how many know that just because God declares it doesn't mean it's always materialized like that? Because in that process, you have spies who went out to check the land. And they went out and, and all of them saw the same things, but they had different perspectives. And how many know that sometimes we have different perspectives? And so they came back and some of those spies were like, uh, you know, there's these giants in the land. There's no way we could, we could conquer this. And it's, it's kind of like, did you not just experience the miracle of God? Did you not just see the Red Sea split open and you crossed across? Did you not see God just deliver you from all the Egyptians and now you're looking at these giants and you're saying, I can't do this or we can't do this? I mean, know that sometimes we get our eyes on the giants too much. And yet here's Joshua and Caleb, and, 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 and what they see is a different perspective. They see the grapes. They see the land flowing with milk and honey. They see this great blessing that God has in store for them, that God wants to give them. And they're like, yes, this is ours. We can take it because God said, whatever we step our feet, it will be ours. And that was their perspective. Because they knew that if God said it, it would happen. Amen? Somebody needs to say, God said it, so it's going to happen. Amen? Because if God said it, he means it. His word does not go out void. It's powerful. It's quick. It will accomplish its task. When God says it, it will happen. But as you know that in this scenario, even though God said it, the people rejected it. They wouldn't walk in it. They didn't live in the declaration that God had given them. They, didn't, they, didn't, uh, they saw too much of the, the external things that were taking place instead of truly walking in the spirit of what God said. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 14 and 33, he says, Your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. And when Numbers 32, 13 says, So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation of those who had done evil in the sight of the Lord were destroyed. Wow. Now, I, I know that sounds harsh, but... But how many know that God's faithful even when we're unfaithful? Amen. Amen? God was faithful even in their unfaithfulness because we see in Deuteronomy 2 and 7, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through the wilderness. In other words, he knew you even there. He said, these 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked anything. Wow, God is so faithful. Deuteronomy 8 and 2 says, 
You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness for these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what, it, what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 4 says, your clothing did not wear out, wear out on you, and nor did your feet swell those 40 years. God was with them. The fact is, is that God will see us through. God will fulfill his plan. And he's looking for people who are willing to walk in that plan, who are willing to say, this is what God declared. I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't see how he's going to fulfill it. But I trust that if God said it, it will happen. I will go with it. I will do what he said do. Wherever he says go, I will go because he is my God. I trust him. It might not look good for me. It might look like I'm going to be overcome by this great, great, big, giant army. But I know that if God is with me, he can take out a great, big, giant army. Amen? Because God declares the end of a thing from the beginning. There's some declarations that God's made to some of you in this place that, that you have held on to. And you might not have seen it fulfilled yet. And at times you feel like giving up. At times you feel like wavering in that declaration because it's been a long time or you haven't seen it happen yet. And God's saying, don't give up. Come on. I mean, I look at this church, and I think that this church was actually established in 1920, 100 years ago. Isn't that awesome? And I believe that when you look back through the history, that this church has had some dynamic pastors. Amen? Yeah, I'm one of them. I got one amen, at least. <laughs> it again <laughs> but you know you look back through the history and and, and names pop out to me because i got a list of, of the pastors of this church over the last hundred years and names pop out to me like george Britt. now you may not know george Britt, but but i know george Britt because when he moved to anderson south carolina in his retirement years and he sat at the desk with my dad and told stories after stories of of his ministry throughout the years and he wrote a book called when dust shall sing because he loved looking into the prophetic ministry and he talked about the end times he was a great man of god george Britt told stories to my dad about pastoring here in Maryville, Tennessee and how he would, he would ride his mule, listen to this, ride his mule from Knoxville but he was embarrassed because he didn't want anybody to know he was riding his mule so he would tie his mule up a, a few blocks down the street and so that nobody would see it. He would walk the rest of the way to church and he would preach at church and then he would go back to where his mule was to, feed, to, to water his mule and, and sit there all afternoon before church service started that night and what he didn't know, that one day, many years later, he was at a conference and this man came and says, says Brother Britt, you don't know me, but I'm from Maryville, Tennessee. He says, and I was a neighbor to where you would tie your mule. And he said, you would sit there in the afternoon and he said, I would sit uh, on the other side and I would listen to you pray. He said, and one day I gave my heart to Jesus because of your prayer." Somebody needs to know. You may, not, you may be embarrassed. You may not know what's going on. 
but your prayer is affecting somebody. Your life is affecting somebody. That's the man of God who pastored this church. You can go on and talk about the various pastors like B.L. Offered. You know, back in the old day, they gave them, you know, they used their initials. I'm going to be P.A. Dyer. Right? But you had B.L. Offered. You know, you had um, Howard McGee. You had Gordon Stallings. And, and, and these are, if, if you're not aware, these are high-powered ministers in the church of God. You had Melvin Lonas. I mean, you know he was good. I mean, you can look at the product that we have right here with Marvin and this wonderful family. He was great. People like Fred Cook and Sam Youngblood. Sam Youngblood, who was instrumental in building this facility. A great man of God. But you know what's great about him? It's not that he built this facility. It's his heart and compassion for community. Because, you know, he was a part of starting Mana Outreach Ministries and how that is impacted and how uh, we're literally feeding 200, uh, around 200 families every single week because of a passionate heart of man of God who started a ministry to this community. But you know what? That wasn't his heart starting here. Before he was ever here, he was in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, pastoring the Calvary Hill Church of God, he started a ministry called God's Storehouse. Well, guess what? That's been... 30 plus years ago and God's storehouse is still going today as one of the biggest outreach ministries to the community of, of Lawrence County because a man of God has a passion and that's the kind of leaders that God had in this place. Amen. Amen. You know, Herschel Baker grew up, uh, you know, running around, uh, around, around this place and aggravating everybody. But you know, the thing is, is that Herschel left here and established himself at Park, Park West. Would never be the church Park West is today if it wasn't for a Herschel Baker. Herschel Baker was one who established systems in a church. He was one who, who built foundations. He was one who helped with strategic planning. He was a great man of God who truly helped that church be what it is today. And guess what? Thank God he came back here when this church was struggling and he built a foundation so, so that Paul Dyer can come and build on the foundation of a great man of God. But that's the kind of leaders that God brought in here. God knew those things would take place. He declared the, the, that God would use this church from the very beginning. Amen? And how many understand that with every great move, there's a, there has to be obedient, a be obedient follower? I mean, I, you got to understand this. God doesn't call leaders. God calls followers. Amen. Because the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ and if, if 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 somebody says well I'm a good leader I'm a I'm a leader of this and I'm a leader of that look let me tell you something. I just want to know are you a good follower are you an ambassador for Jesus Christ because an ambassador will say everything that the king says everything the president says and if at any point the ambassador begins to say anything else that what the king says then guess what they're they they're representing themselves and God's called us to be imitators of him as dearly loved children, right? He's called us to be representatives of the kingship of Christ. How many understand that Christ means king? Because Christ 
literally is a transliteration of the, the Messiah, which is the anointed one from the Hebrew, and the Hebrew declares that the anointed one was the king, and so literally we're saying Jesus king. So he's King Jesus, and if he's King Jesus, then guess what? We are to be ambassadors of King Jesus, followers of him, representing him, sharing the words that he shares so that it is life-giving and hope-giving, and that is who God's called us to be. Amen. So this church, even from the very beginning, God declared things. I imagine that L.B. Rouse in 1920, when he became the first pastor of this church, had a vision for this church. Let me tell you something. A church planter doesn't plant something without a vision. Right? Because if you plant without a vision, you will have no provision. <laughs> and so he had a vision. A vision of reaching the community. A vision of meeting the needs of, of the community they were in. A vision of, of impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a hundred years later, we are still here impacting the, the kingdom of God, impacting the community with the word of truth. Because that's who God called us to be, amen? God declares the end from the beginning. Verse 9 of, of Isaiah 46, Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. We need to remember that, grasp a hold of that, because if God says, I'm God, and we believe that he is God, then we can hold on to whatever he says, because it's the same God who flung the stars in the skies. It's the same God who spoke uh, light out of darkness. It's the same God who looked into your life and blew the breath of life into you. It's caused you to be here today. It's the same God who is right here this moment to touch your life, to transform you. He's still God. And that same God is declaring the end. Look, you may not say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. God knew from the moment you were a twinkling in your mother's eyes what he had in store for you. He knows the thoughts that he thinks about you. He knows everything about you from the number of hair on your head. He has plans for you from the beginning of time. He knew that you would be a vessel of God. He knew that you would be a servant of God. He knew that he had something for you. Wow. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established. I will accomplish my good pleasure. Wow. You know, I think about all those pastors, but not just pastors. I think about the people who have gone from here, who are touching lives, even in this community. Some, some look with frustration over times when people have left this church. But I think of those who left this church in the role that they're playing right now in ministering in other capacities. Annette Smeltzer's daughter, Donna, is the, is the secretary at Cedar Point, Assembly of God. She, she, in other words, she's like Kathy. She runs the church where she's at. God let her leave here to be established somewhere else where she could find a, a, a place to minister. I think of Brother Steve Brewer, Ruth Brewer's son, who is in the leadership team at, 
at Revolution Church. And every Sunday, he, he wants to make sure she's here so that he can get there in time to, to pray with the pastor before they have service. And I can go on and on of the people that God has brought through here to prepare here who have been raised in this church, who have been discipled in this church, who are now blessing and strengthening and encouraging other churches around, not just here, but there's a pastor's wife even down in, in, um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who was raised up in this church. This church has blessed a lot of people. Amen. And thank God for that. But Joshua was making that declaration. He was re-declaring re or restating what Moses said. And, 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 and he was saying, look, I have declared that you will take this land. I've declared that, that whatever you put your feet, it will be yours. And I believe there's a declaration over the Alcoa Maryville Church that has yet been fulfilled. I don't believe our greater days are behind us. I believe our greater days are ahead of us. I believe that there is a purpose that God has for this church that has yet to be fulfilled, a plan that God has, and God's looking for a people who are willing to say, I'm not glorying in yesterday. Yes, I had a shout back then. Yes, it was wonderful. Yes, it was awesome. Yes, the revivals of old are glorious, but I'm here to tell you there's a revival that God's about to break forth right here at Alcoa Maryville. Lives are going be transformed healings are going to take place deliverance is going to happen it doesn't take a name change it doesn't take a, it take a remodel it takes a spiritual act of God to move in the hearts and minds of the people of God and if we will allow God to move in us if we'll not lose our dance if we'll not lose our shout if we'll keep on worshiping if we'll keep on praising God God will move and lives will be transformed he's waiting on us he's waiting on us Woo. Jesus, Jesus, God, let it happen. I don't want to sit around with my arms crossed waiting on somebody else to move in my place. I don't want to sit around and just say, well, it was good back then. Oh, yes, brother so-and-so was just an awesome evangelist. Oh, God, they were great. Because I believe the same God that shows up in a revival somewhere else can, is right here in this place. And he's waiting for a people who say, God, I will seek you with my whole heart. I will seek you with my whole mind. I want you. I want, I want to know you more. And if you'll let me know you more, God, whatever you tell me to do, if it's dance, if it's shout, if it's worship, if it's glory, I will do it, God, because you are my God. Woo! God, have your way. Lord, let us become like a Psalms 133 church. Oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Because, Lord, I pray that we will become a united movement for the glory of God. 
pulling in the same direction because if we will truly humble ourselves before you and become united in purpose, understanding that it is your will, not our will. It is your way, not our way. It's not about our preference. It's not about this or that. It's about are you moving in our midst and are we willing to let you move? Because in that presence is when the oil begins to run down, even the 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 beard of Aaron down his robe. It is there that the commanded blessing takes forth and God let your blessings flow in this house. Let there be an anointing, an outpouring of your presence. And I'm thankful for the outpourings of the past. I'm thankful because I myself have been formed by previous revivals. I've been formed in a, in a little church in Belton, South Carolina, where the, the ladies would get up and run and shout, and, and, they, and I've seen the evangelists walk the tops of the pews. I've been raised in that kind of revival. I'm not begrudging. I'm not looking past. I've been formed in it. But I want you to understand that the same God who calls me to shout as an 11-year-old boy baptizing the Holy Ghost, dancing around the front of the altar, is the same God who wants me to shout today, wants me to dance today, wants me to glorify God today. He's the same God. Who's moved? Who's moved? It's not him. Somebody said, well, you know, Pastor, I can't dance like I used to dance. I ain't got a little gumption in the step like I used to have. But you still got a voice. You still got hands to raise. You need to use those hands to lift up before the Lord and pray for the, the generation that has followed us who have been watered down and, and deluded, who think that it's, it's okay to do this and that and still love God and still worship God. No, we need a people who will walk in holiness of God. The Lord says for you to be holy as I am holy. It is holiness that allows us to enter his presence. And so therefore we need once again a revival of purity, a revival of cleansing, a revival that will open our hearts and minds to him and say, Lord, if anything else is hindering me in Jesus' name, tear it down. You know what? Some people don't realize the word meditate. It says I will meditate on your word day and night. The word meditate in its, in its root word, literally means to growl. And you're looking like, what? Think about this. My little dog's about this big. But if I get near her little food bowl, she becomes about this big. We need to get into a position that our time with God is so important. And we understand it is the trough in which we are fed spiritually in. And that when we get down into that word of God, if anything comes in, we look at it and say, it's my time with God. Ah, don't you mess with me. This is my time. I've shut. Did you see the door shut? You leave that shut. Come on. Because we have lost We've lost what it truly means to meditate on the Lord. 
to spend time with God. And God's declaring the end from the beginning, but at some point we have to know the details along the way, and the only way you can know the details along the way to reach the end of the, of the thing that God's declared is if you'll truly be in unity and united with Him. Somebody said, Pastor, can I borrow your watch? And I didn't know why. Because, you know, i got to look at it. We've experienced great things at Alcoa Miracle Church. Some of you, man, Ruth, I would love to sit down and write a book of all the things that you have seen over the 77 years of your time here at this church. Wow! How things have moved and how things have, uh, the blessings of the Lord has prospered. But at the same time, how things have happened. Bad decisions have been made. Things have caused the apple cart, so to speak, to turn upside down a few times. But I believe that God's plan is still the same. That we, the, what he declared with Brother Rouse in 1920 is still a declaration over this church that he wants us to fulfill. And he's calling a generation today will say, will you redig the old well? Are you willing to spend some time to see the miraculous take place again? Are you willing to get into the Word of God and live out that Word because a generation is looking for a people who will follow me and that will follow His plan and follow His will? Verse 10 says, I have not forgotten you. I have not forsaken you. But I love you with an everlasting love. I care about you. And my plans are still to see you fulfill the destiny which I have laid before you. For my word declares that I have good works for you to fulfill. And I want you to accomplish those things. Will you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you obey me? Says the Lord. You may not be accustomed to hearing that. But the Word of God declares throughout the New Testament that the Lord was spoke to different ones in a tongue, and there was an interpretation for that. Can we just honor what the Lord has spoken to us right now? Father, we worship you. We thank you, God, for that Word that you spoke to us. And Lord, we hold fast to that. God, we ask that you would help us to be conformed to the words that you spoke. And Lord, that we would follow your perfect plan. Lord, 
have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God's declaration over us was this. My purpose will be established. And if I look throughout the word of God, I see in Isaiah 61 and 1, it says, says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn. Let me tell you something, guys. The same anointing that was on the generation before us The same anointing that rested on pastor after pastor is the same anointing that God wants to anoint us with. He wants us to fulfill, and that anointing is for purpose. He wants us, Lord, to to preach this good news. How many know there's a lot of people who are afflicted, who are broken, who are struggling? We're a generation that's over-medicated, There's more people in and out of the church. There's not a difference between. There's more people walking in depression, anxiety than ever before. And we have news to bring. We're called to be partners. We're called to to reach in and lift up. We're called to embrace and to encourage. We're called to reconcile and renew. That's what God's called us to do. The anointing is not just for us to shout. And believe me, I love to shout. But the anointing is not just for the shout. It's not just for the dance. The anointing is because there's a broken people that needs to experience the love of God. And the anointing is, allows us to break the barriers of Satan and sin. To touch those who are hurting and broken. The fact is, is that there's too many churches who've become clinging symbols. They've got great music. They've got all of the, all the illustrious show going on. And I'm not d- demeaning or putting down a new move. But I'm saying it's not about a clinging symbol. Because you can have the greatest music, but without love, who are we? Without the passion of Christ Jesus flowing through us, who are we? What is our motive? Because Without that love, we've become nothing more than a country club with a a, a cool religious show that goes on every once in a while. We get our little chill bumps and we say, Woo, God was good today. We walk out unchanged, unscathed, unaffected, and not willing to reach a lost and dying world. But God's not called us to a show. God's called us to be effective men and women of God. He's called us to be bearers of the word of God. Yoked together with him. Reaching 
a generation who's broken. And even if it means, as Jude says, pulling them out of the fire, despising the very stench of their clothes. We've never, please don't let us get too good to miss God's appointment. Let us not forget who we were. Because just as Israel was stuck in Egypt and God pulled them out, they forgot where they just came from because now they're not willing to go forward in God's plan. And I don't know where God's pulled you from. But I'm here to tell you, you still got breath in your body. There's still something to be fulfilled. There's still something out there. It's a new season. It's a new time. God's called us to a harvest. He said, and from ancient times, things have not been done. Somebody say, he's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. He's still working. He's still fulfilling. He's still at work. Amen? Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You need to look at somebody and say, There's a new season coming. <laughs> There's a new season coming. Peter had a season. Can you think Peter was, Lonnie Peter was out there fishing and Jesus came by? Called him. Automatically, new season. Laid down the nets, said goodbye, Daddy. I'm going with this guy. Follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. A new season brings new challenges. Just because you're called to a new season and you know there's a new season coming, a new season brings new challenges. Peter didn't have it easy, did he? Peter made some mistakes. Peter stepped out of, <laughs> into situations and opened his mouth at times that he probably shouldn't have. It brings new challenges. But let me tell you something. If you will endure the challenges, if you will endure the seasons that that may cause you pain. It just might be you that stands on the day of Pentecost and becomes the champion of the challenge. It just might be your voice that speaks into a room and the whole room experiences the glory of God. It just might be you when your family's sitting around the table and they've been wondering and lost and struggling, it just might be you that is bold enough to say, I love you enough to tell you the truth that changes their life. I'm believing for new seasons. I'm believing that God is declaring what God declared has not been fulfilled. And His declaration over us is something bold. It's something bigger than we are right now. But I believe our greater days are ahead of us. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for the word that you've put in my heart for this day. Lord, I, I, I know that over this week, I've enjoyed prayer conference and being poured into. But over the last couple of days, God, I've been struggling. And I realize, God, that, that you're still working on this church. There's still things that we have to get in order. There's still plans that we have to make. There's still things you want done. And I pray that you'll give us the grace, Lord, to align ourselves with your purpose to see you fulfill your plan God I pray for anointing God to rest on this congregation right now would you raise your hands right where you are Lord we raise our hands in a sign of surrender to you God and we ask let your will be done we ask for the anointing of the unity of the body of Christ to flow through this place. And Lord, as we allow you to flow through us, God, may it bring light and life to the community around us. Break every curse, every chain that might hinder or bind. And Lord, may we be set free by the power of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Going to surgery Tuesday. How I many know God's able? Yes. Sherry, we heard it, right? We saw God move this past week in a powerful, miraculous way. Going into surgery Tuesday, and we're going to believe for absolute God's work and hand to be on her. Father, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you are our healer and God we're thankful for doctors and nurses and hospitals we're thankful for all those things that you have provided but ultimately our hope our trust is in your hand to move in her life God I pray that, that when they go in it will not be as evasive as they think it should that they th thought it was but Lord they'll be able to correct and completely align her body the way it needs to be moved I pray for feeling and nerves, God, to come back into these arms. God, I pray for strength to rise up in her body. And Lord, I'm believing that the stripes that you endured on the cross of Calvary, that we claim today as our healing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Love you guys so much. I thank you for allowing me to be in a lineage of great men of God who have served you. And thank you for making this opportunity to serve you such a joy because of your servant's heart and your willingness to join with and accomplish kingdom plans. Pray for me that God will continue to direct me to make sure that we are heading in the right direction. I don't want you to follow me if I'm not following Christ. 
pray for me that my eyes will stay on him and that his purpose be fulfilled in this place because I can't do it without him and I can't do it without you I love you that's alright